Connect podcast from BAE Systems. Hello and welcome to a new podcast from colleagues for colleagues. This is Connect and I'm your host, Hannah Booth, Employee Comms Manager at BAE Systems. And for our first show, we're coming to you from Bletchley Park in England, the home of the Codebreakers in the Second World War. It's the place where programmable computers began, where 75% of the workforce were women. And today, colleagues are here for a BAE Systems Conference to mark International Women's Day. It's really exciting to be here at Bletchley Park. We've got lots of people to be talking to. Let's get to it. Connect Podcast. I'm excited to be joined by someone who has a family connection with this place, Dr. Mary Haig, our Chief Information Security Officer. Mary, what's your link to Bletchley? So my grandma worked at one of the listening stations. So she listened into the Morse code messages that were coming across from the Germans and transcribed them down. She didn't know at the time, but those messages were being fed into Bletchley Park and then decrypted through the work that they did here. What do you think your grandma would have thought about the International Women's Day Conference here today? She'd have loved it, actually. She would. She was widowed with two young children uh, and, and was a real fighter. And uh, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't kind of overt feminism. It was just crack on, be resilient, you can do it. Just that, that, that sort of permission just to go off and do it. She never raised an eyebrow at a thing. So she'd have loved this. <laughs> So with me is Erica Monroe. Erica, what do you do here at Bletchley Park? I am the exhibitions manager at Bletchley Park. I'm responsible for creating, devising, producing all of our new exhibitions, but also making sure that our current ones that visitors experience are as good as they can possibly be. So we're here on International Women's Day. What can you tell me about the history of women here at Bletchley Park? I get asked quite often, why isn't there an exhibition about women at Bletchley Park? And it's because women were Bletchley Park. At its peak in January 1942, there were nearly 9,000 people working at Bletchley Park and its outstations, of which 75% were women. Even right from the start, from the early days of the war, when people came here in 1939, there was about a 50-50 split of women and men. So that code-breaking activity and all the people working to support that was really quite predominantly done by women. I should say it was of its time. So the leaders, the people in charge, tended to be men. Women were paid less and often did more, I suppose, lowly tasks or more menial tasks. But as the numbers of employees at Bletchley Park increased hugely from just a few hundred to nearly 9,000, the work that women did often involved uh, administration, support roles, typing, communications and operating the machines. They weren't allowed to repair them or maintain them. But the bomb machines, the Colossus machines, those early computers during World War II were all operated by women. Thanks, Erica. I can't wait for the tour later on. Joining me now is Amelia Galkowska, Senior Design Engineer at BA Systems. Tell us a little bit about your role. So what do you do and how do you find that you're able to be yourself in that role? So I've actually, in the last week, changed my job. Um, so I'm still in engineering, um, but what I've done day to day has changed dramatically from, if you'd asked me, sort of 10 days ago to now. Um, so the design role was on Typhoon. We were, or they do design the cockpit for Typhoon. So everything that the pilot interacts with, what they hear, what they press, what they see on the screens, all of those things, the team that I worked in will have designed them. 
Um, and the way that I could bring myself to that role was that it was very creative, but it was also very people oriented. So we had to take on the opinions of the human factors who are very interested in the person, the pilots who are actually going to fly these things. And, you know, at the end of the day, their lives depend on the fact that we've designed something that works well. And then the systems engineers who are just interested that the system get what they want. So the way that I navigated that and I felt that I could bring my strengths to that situation was to bring those people into the conversations rather than trying to drill into all of those hugely technical areas and trying to understand all of it, but ultimately bring it together into something that's going to be effective in the Typhoon aeroplane. So is there anything today that's particularly impressed you if you really enjoyed what you've seen so far? I think all of the speakers today have been amazing. There have been some particularly poignant moments from all of the speakers. But the one thing I really enjoyed when Stephen first stepped on stage was his comment about, oh, this is the inverse proportion to what I'm used to in an engineering environment, where he was one of maybe six or seven men in a room full of women. And that brought with it a certain awareness of being different and I I really wish more men in engineering felt that experience because for a woman in engineering that is every day and it's it's quite easy for you to say oh you don't notice or you don't intentionally treat people differently based on what they look like how they present or any of those characteristics but the fact is that that is quite could be quite an intimidating environment And I think it's really powerful for people who are used to being in their comfort zones and used to being in the easy majority to experience that almost shock moment of like, oh, now I get it. This is what people are talking about when they say being in a room full of men or a room full of whatever feels different to being in a room full of people who are just like me. Thanks, Amelia. Christina Pearson Rampieri is with me now. Christina, you're an engineering team lead on the submarine programme. Engineering is typically and historically seen as quite a male-dominated function, place to be. How has your experience been working at BA Systems in an engineering? Um, I mean, I know it's different for everyone. I'm quite lucky in that I've had, uh, even though it's been kind of male team lead, um, line leaders throughout throughout my career, um, they've been very supportive. Um, and that, that has helped me um, grow in confidence and be able to do more things and gain that experience, um, knowing that I have their support um, behind me and has now led to kind of where I am today, where I feel that I can take on the role of a, a team leader. Um, and it, I think it's really important because obviously um, with the lack of women in these kind of roles, it's it's important to see other women in these roles. So I think even though there has been a lack of women in throughout my career, I'm lucky in that my gender hasn't been a factor. What do you think industry needs to do to be able to encourage more women into engineering roles? Um, so there are a few things uh, that I can think of. Obviously, mentorship um, would be really great to show a company is willing to help develop um, a woman through her career. Role models in senior leadership, um, being able to see that there are women in those roles that you want to aspire to. Um, as a STEM ambassador, you know, going into schools, talking to students and, and school kids about engineering. I think one thing that um, I find throughout doing kind of STEM ambassador work is people don't understand what engineering is. So, you know, even parents or children don't understand what engineers actually do. Um, so kind of 
dispelling those myths about engineering um, is something that we could do. And also it's not just about recruiting women, it's about doing things to retain women uh, in the industry because, you know, we lose women at different points in their life. Um, so we need to think about recruitment as well as retention. Thanks, Christina. Earlier, I spoke to Brad Grieve, Group Finance Director, who is the Exec Committee Sponsor for Gender at BA Systems. Brad, we're at Bletchley Park, where much of the workforce were women. You have a daughter. What are your aspirations for her future? Yeah, so um, when we talk about diversity and inclusion, obviously what I want for my daughter is that she has the same opportunity as as anyone else who is as deserving uh, in terms of aptitude and and, and ambition. Um, so that really should be irrespective of of her gender or where she's from or, or anything like that. So what fills me with optimism is that I see the, the passion that this generation has and I can see it in my daughter. They really want a better world and um, they're so um, energized by trying to create that better world that it gives me hope for the future and what is, is a pretty grim time, frankly. So um, I've, I great, great joy and, and great hope and optimism um, with every conversation I have with my daughter and, and just hope that this whole generation can find that joy. And how do you be yourself at work and encourage others to do the same? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously everyone is um, on a, on various ranges of introversion and extroversion. We all know that uh, some people don't feel that comfortable to talk in open forums, and, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but we want to make sure that we're getting the best of everyone's ideas. And so if you're an introvert, um, feeling confident and open and having confidence that the culture around you supports that. And so there's no idea that's a bad idea. And so having this open, uh, inclusive environment and feeling like you're you're in that environment. And if, if you see that that environment's not the case, if you are in a team that perhaps you don't feel that culture is where it needs to be, and you need to, to be direct and open about that and talk to people about that because we really need to make sure that, that universally uh, we have open cultures across the, all the teams that we're working in. So I think if you're, if you're in a team where you don't feel confident to open up, um, you know, I think we, there's something that management needs to do about that. Thanks ever so much for your time, Brad. Here with me are Amber Jodko and Dawn Carter. They're both co-chairs of our Gen Employee Resource Group, which organised the conference here today. Amber, the International Women's Day campaign this year is hashtag embrace equity. So what does that mean to you? So to me, it's all about recognising that we're all individuals. We've all got different backgrounds, different experiences, different priorities, different ambitions. We, and we're all starting from a different point. So with us all starting from a different point, everyone requires different kinds of support to enable them to take advantage of the opportunities available. So by focusing on equity and ensuring that everyone has the individual needs met in order to make them a success, we had a really great analogy today. We can give everyone shoes, but unless they're the right shoes to fit their feet, giving them shoes gives them equality, giving them shoes that fit gives them equity. By ensuring that we promote equity and provide all of our employees with the support that they need, we can achieve equality. Okay, and today's conference is all about exploring more of that. So Dawn, can you tell me a bit about what it was like organising this conference today? We are a voluntary group, so we do this on the side of our desk. This isn't what Amber and I do, um, paid for by BAE. So organising for people to turn up, where do they have to be? Where do we have to be from the feedback that we've had, though, from people today? It's been amazing. It's been really exciting. And we've all been like kids at Christmas. That's it for this show. Thanks so much to all our guests here at Bletchley Park. I've had a great time and I hope you've enjoyed it too. 
We'll be back soon. In the meantime, from me, Hannah Booth, thanks for listening and goodbye. Connect Podcast, back soon.